All right, so we actually have a special speaker today. Forgive me for that, I have a toddler at home. Um, um, yeah, his name is Hercules Knight. He's a dear friend of mine, and I've gotten to know him over a few um, grace groups, actually. So if we would welcome Hercules to the stage. Good morning, everyone. It's so good to see you guys out here today. Um, it's kind of funny. I was telling someone, you know, why would we kick out our pastor for a month and then have the 20-somethings do a whole sermon? So um, here's me trying to fill Dave and Diane's shoes um, with also the other speaker, Tori. Um, I'll be doing the first 20 minutes. But the first thing I do want to talk about is introduce myself. My name's Hercules Knight. Um, I can definitely show you my ID after the stage because I know that's unbelievable to hear all the time. <laughs> so I'll definitely do that uh, after service today. Um, I'm from Florida. Um, I'm stationed at Fort Leonard Wood as a United States Marine. I'm an administrator, administrator specialist. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be stationed there for a little bit. Yay. But uh, <laughs> So before I begin the message, I'm going to tell a little backstory um, about how I came to Fort Leonard Wood and how I found Grace Church. Um, it's kind of a funny story. So take a step back uh, to May 2017. I was, in, I was stationed in North Carolina, Camp Johnson. I was there for my MOS training to be an administrator. So, you know, uh, two, week, two weeks out before I graduated, we finally got our orders to find out where we're going. Um, me and another Marine, uh, Beckford, we wanted to be stationed on Camp Lejeune to go on a deployment, be on a mew, and uh, do, do Marine things. <laughs> <laughs> wherever, that, wherever that may be. And so as uh, they pull a roster in its alphabetical order, um, it has it from you know, A through Z. And so my buddy Beckford, he found out where he was going. And he was going to be stationed on Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. So I was excited for him because that's where we wanted both to be. And then it, as it keeps going, and when you, get, when you receive your orders, um, it's kind of like a nervous, uh, it's exciting, because uh, that's where you're going to be for the next four years. So, so as, it got, as, it, as the orders came to my name, the staff sergeant, she comes up, and she's like, um, PFC Knight, and here's staff sergeant, and she's like, you're going to Fort Leonard, Missouri. And I remember all the Marines were like baffled. They were like, where's that? Staff sergeant, where's that at? Is Missouri in a different, different country? And me, I've been to Missouri before in Columbia back in 2008, so I remember where Missouri was, and I lived here for a year, so I remember the experience and the weather. <laughs> but as soon as she said that, I remember saying to myself, God has a plan for me. And I knew that whatever I was going to do, I was going to do God's will, and the best, the best that I can do it. And so, um, just a little backstory with that. Um, that's how I came here. I came here in May 2017, and then... Um, a couple months. I didn't discover Grace Church until November. So I've been here for one year. Uh, it's been a very blessing to see all of you and meet each and every one of you so far. Um, and it's kind of funny how I stumbled upon Grace Church because I was in the office. I was doing doing my job, and one of the one of the Marines. She's actually attended this church was Samantha Shepherd. Um, if any of you remember her, so. One of the Marines had to process her uh, letter of, letters of appreciation, you know, because um, she came out to help with the Phelps County phase distribution. And they finally asked her, like, hey, you know, is there if we can go with you? And uh, she was talking to sergeants, and she said, yeah, you know, once I get the email, I'll let you know. And <laughs> next, that next week, 
she comes up, and it was that week that we were going to uh, volunteer, and she tells us that um, it's this week, and that Marine was SIQ. He was sick in quarters, and he wasn't there. And so she, needed, she wanted to grab another person, and there I was. I was right there. <laughs> so talk about spontaneous uh, volunteering. <laughs> so, so I came out here on Wednesday, you know, helped unload the truck, and, you know, uh, uh, Steph's on her shepherd. She was showing me around, showing me the ropes, and... Um, I met Diane that day, um, and then I started coming. I went that Saturday, and I enjoyed it, and I told myself that, you know, I've been looking for a church for a while, so I might as well come out here one Sunday service to check it out. And I couldn't go that week, but the next week I showed up, and Diane was, you know, surprised. She saw me. She was very excited to have me, and, um, and then I just kept coming and coming ever since. So that was a quick story, uh, backstory. Um, how I stumbled upon Grace Church was spontaneous volunteering. So, <laughs> so as I begin my message... Um, the topic is, you know, God is good. All the time, yes, all the time. And as I'm pulling this up, I should have been ready. So, God is good all the time, you know, because of the love he has for us. And that's something that we, we can't understand, you know. Um, we, and the only way to understand it, and through the way I see it, and the way I understand it, was because of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, you know, he, he showed us the way, you know, stepping down from his throne and, you know, putting on the vessel, becoming a man. And I remember when I was younger, I remember, you know, I was big on character, you know, values and commitment. And, you know, I started looking things up and I remember I stumbled upon Jesus Christ, you know, and learned about his qualities of, you know, him loving, forgiving, um, his commitment, self-control, and just all these great qualities that he had. And I said, I want to be like Jesus Christ. Not exactly like Jesus Christ, but I wanted to follow him, you know, follow in his footsteps, because he wouldn't lead me astray. Because the, devil, the devil's out there to steal, kill, and destroy me. And he's out there, you know, right now. You know, I remember I woke up this morning, and I was like, I was like God, what if I just, you know, didn't wake up and, you know, just didn't go to church and speak, speak about this sermon? <laughs> It'd be pretty embarrassing, but, you know, but things, those come in our minds every day in our daily lives. And we stumble upon that. And we have to have that courage and we have to be in constant prayer all the time. And we can't, you know, we have to rebuke the devil and we have to, you know, stay in the fight with God and do his plan. So God is good all the time. He loves me and he'll never give up on me. You know, I've had relationships. I have friends, you know, um, you know, that wouldn't give up on me. But that's where forgiveness comes in in our lives. You know, we forgive others. And that's how we maintain our relationships and maintain our friendships is because of forgiveness. And Jesus Christ did just that. You know, he, he forgave people um, because of the knowledge they didn't know or the things they didn't know. Because we only see what we see right in front of us. And that's why we have to have faith in God because he sees the bigger picture. So, God is good. And one of the things, too, as I started following in life, you know, um, I've been training, I've been learning every day. And I remember that, I remember saying to myself, like, you know, I define what success means to me. I'm happy. I'm a happy young man. And um, God has just been blessing me every day um, since I've been here. I've had some tough days, but I always knew God was there. He never gave up on me. And I remember telling myself that I don't want to give up on those people that, you know, that I care about and the people that I stumble upon across the world. And I remember saying to myself that, God, I'm going to be a good father. 
I don't have any kids. I'm not married. But what I'm doing today, you know, being in prayer, you know, reading the Bible, um, doing research on how to be a better man, is so I can be a good father for my children, being a good husband for my wife. I'm just preparing to be the best person that I can be. And I remember just thinking, like, Jesus Christ did just that. You know, he, he laid down his life for me and for all of us in here. And the best part of it, of all, is that we're saved. Amen. We're saved through him. And that means so much to me that, you know, someone that created me, molded me to who I am today is still out there believing in me. Even when I need it the most, you know, even waking up, you know, like, you know, what if I didn't come today? <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it really did cross my mind. Like, what if I didn't come and never came back? You know, no one, no one would ever see me ever again. I just disappear off the face But no, you know, that's something about the what twenty, the twenties, something go through. I think, you know, I've I met so many people who are twenty. You know, the younger ones, they're just so anxious. And I remember, I, I remember reading that verse where it says, "Cast out your anxious." You know, um, when, whenever you're anxious, just cast it out to him. All your worries, all your problems, just, you know, pray to God. And that's what I did. I prayed, you know. Um, and it's funny because I remember, you know, I have a hard time praying in front of people. And I remember when Diane and uh, Tori, they throw me on these uh, prayer groups. And I'm like, all right, it's time to step out into my <laughs> comfort zone. <laughs> and God does that. He, he throws me out of my comfort zone so I can grow. And, you know, people all the time, they come up to me and they ask me for advice. They said, you look so, so courageous going up there, you know, going and instructing, you know, being a Marine. Um, and I just, I kind of laugh because they don't know what's going on in my head, in my heart. <laughs> and that's the beauty of it. We, we all have these struggles every day. And we just got to remember that God's with us every step of the way. kind of got off track, so let me get back on track, go on a tangent. <laughs> Thank you. So I did want to say something um, about God and how we can't understand him. I remember I saw this reading, um, Isaiah 40, 28, if you could pull that up on the slides. I think there's more to it, but if not, <laughs> I, can, I can say it. So for all you auditory learners, I'm sorry for the visual ones. But it says, do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, the creator of the ends of the earth, he will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. So we have this big picture of like, you know, we put him in a box, you know, we understand God. And, and to me, that's something that I don't want to understand. I don't want to understand God. I just want to follow in his, in his son's footsteps. And I remember saying to myself, like, how could I ever understand, you know, the person with the big picture that has the big picture plans for my life and everyone else's lives in here? So he has a plan, and I trust in that, and I have faith in that. And also, I want to show another scripture, Isaiah 55, verse 8 through 9 the next slide there we go for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways declares the lord as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts 
So my thoughts are very discouraging, um, especially coming out in front of people, speaking in front of people. Um, but God has this way of having the Holy Spirit to push this forward. And I remember all these moments in my lives that he just pushed me out of my comfort zone. And it's pretty funny because um, I'll go out and I'll do an awful job and then I have people that pick me up and say, hey, you did a great job. <laughs> I'll be like, thank you. And then I'll go home and reflect. <laughs> but I'll always, I'll always remember those moments because you know, we remember those moments where we fail or we make mistakes and we learn from it. And hopefully we'll do a better job next time. But going forward, as I talk about the goodness of God, I remember reading another verse, Luke 18, verse 19. He says, why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. So I remember I, remember I won this competition back in May, and I remember all the Marines just coming up to me, shaking my hand, telling me I'm a good Marine, you know, telling me I'm a good person, good young man, you know, just solid, squared away. And I remember just thinking, like, you know, I'm, I'm not that good. <laughs> I'm, I'm still imperfect. I'm still working in progress. And God's still working in my life right now as we speak. And I just remember just so many people. And then uh, another thing, you know, God just kept blessing me with achievements and accolades. Um, threw me in the newspaper for everyone to see and for everyone to come up and throw newspapers at my desk. And I just remembered, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not good. I'm doing my best. But God is the only good thing in our lives. And Jesus Christ, you know, guaranteed that. And I really appreciate everything, you know, it, it, it helps, you know, it, um, but it, it doesn't mean everything, because God is everything to me. And I want to go to the next thing, 1 John 4, 8. It says, whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. In everything I do, I, I love it with everything I got. Because if I love, God is there. Because God is love, and I appreciate that. And he's been there every step of the way for me. So everything I do, my relationships, my friendships, the people I've met, even briefly, I respect them, and I show love. Because if they can see that love, they know that God's in me. And they'll ask questions, and then eventually they'll come to the Lord. Romans eight twenty-eight. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Having love and having God in you requires great action, and that's purpose. I can sit up here all day and I can speak, speak about God. I can talk about how good God is, but I have to go out there in the world and put action towards it. Because people watch action. People love action. And while they watch it put it in effect, people will eventually start to follow. So I can talk up here, I can be up here and I can talk about it, but my greatest thing is, you know, setting the example. It's one of our Marine Corps leadership principles, set the example. When you set the example, people will follow. Because if he's doing it, if he's doing all the right things, I want to do the right things too as well. So. This, next, this next scripture, Matthew twenty-two fourteen. Um, I remember reading this one many years ago. Um, it talks, Jesus talks about a parable with uh, the king um, inviting out invitations for, for his son's uh, wedding. And I remember um, 
no one accepted it the first go around and then he sent more servants and they started to kill off his servants and it made the king mad but they ended off they ended the last part of it it, it talks about many are called but few are chosen and I might have taken it out of context but that one stuck with me for so many years um, you know because I want God to call on me I don't not only want him to call on me but I want I want to be chosen for his will and and that's my part is to, you know, watching Jesus set that example so I can follow it and do the best that I can. So I want to be chosen. I want to do great things, but not for achievements or accolades, but for his will to save as many people as I can. I want people to do good, good things, you know, in their hearts and do what's right. I'm going to start wrapping it up. I know I'm probably past my 20 minute mark. <coughs> If not, you can tell me I'm wrong. It's probably only been five minutes up here. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens when you're nervous, I promise. <laughs> but, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, someone, someone whose uh, faith was rewarded uh, for having trust and that faith and confidence in God was Job. We all know about the story of Job where, um, you know, he had everything taken away from him, but his faith saved him, and he never cur cursed God away. Um, and that's why I just want to end off on. And I do, I'm going to end it there, and I also want to talk about Jesus' qualities. Jesus was compassionate. He had concerns in the suffering and misfortune of others. In Mark 6, 34, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Jesus was a leader. But the thing is, he was a compassionate leader. You know, he, he saw people's pain and suffering and he, he went out the way to be their shepherd and to show them the way. And he's still doing that right now. He's doing that in my life. And I, if I know that he's doing it in my life, I know he's doing it in others. So he's a leader. And that's what I want to be is I want to be a leader just like Jesus. The next thing, he's a servant. A servant is a person who performs duties for others. In Mark 10, 45, verse 45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus served and then he gave his life up for all of us. And the next thing I want to go into is love. Love is something... Like I said earlier, is God is love. And being a United States Marine, there's Marines out there who give their lives. They lay their lives down for others. Some of you might know Corporal Kyle Carpenter. He, uh, he risked his life. He, he jumped on a grenade, and, um, and, then, then, and he saved his friend. And he's still alive. He's a Medal of Honor recipient, but he laid down his life for his friend. And that's love. And that's what the Marine Corps is all about, and that's why I joined the Marine Corps. Because the love of others, the spirit of core, good values and virtues. John fifteen thirteen, greater love has no no one than this to lay down one's life for one one's friend. That means a lot to me. So, I'm I'm concluding this, and I'm bringing up the next speaker. And I told her earlier, I said, if I butcher this, I'm the minor setback, and you're the major comeback. So. 
So come save us, Tori. <laughs> Well, I was kind of hoping he would do it a little worse, so I didn't have to. Well, that was really good. Thanks, Herc. Hercules has this way of like kind of one-upping, but not intentionally. Like yesterday at our small group, um, I gave everyone, I made cookies for our small group. Hercules pulls out medals for each of us. He was like, I made these for you guys. As you know, and we, we were like, Okay. Thank you, Herc. <laughs> yeah, we almost started crying. But, okay, so uh, Hercules had seven slides. I have 28. Um, so if you could throw up the first one, Lexi. So um, interestingly enough, our concept is really similar. So I'm talking about God is good, not because of how your life is going. So let's go to the next slide. So I'm a video maker. I love making videos. I love the creative process. I love writing. I love casting people and um, all that stuff. So when you make videos, you have to know a little bit about story arc. And so if we look over here, we have exposition, inciting incident, rising action, crisis, climax, document, and ending. So we're kind of, I'm going to take you guys on this journey where we're going to talk about the story of God, the story of Jesus, and then we're also going to talk about you. You're going to be character B. Are you guys okay with that? Okay, it's going to be fun. So uh, next slide, please. I don't know if you guys have seen The Big Short. It's been a little bit since I've seen it. Um, but they do something in this movie where it's called Parallel Storytelling. So next slide. If you watch this movie, you're watching uh, a couple different characters. And we have Ryan Gosling, Brad Pitt. So you're watching part of Ryan's story for like two minutes of the movie. And then two minutes later, you're watching Brad's part of the movie. And you're learning about who their characters are. And you don't ever see them interact until the end. And so then, at the end, you're like, oh, I understand why I was watching these two different characters, because now their story comes together and it makes sense. So that's kind of what we're going to do today. So let's go to the next slide. So again, we have God on this side and you as the other character. Next. Okay, here's our opening scene. Are you ready? Opening scene. Lights, camera, action. Once upon a time, creator God created the whole earth. There it is. <laughs> Everything we see in nature, the trees, the birds, the animals. Then he created a man, and then from the man he created a woman. He liked them, and they bared resemblance to him. God was really into family. Okay, so next. So, next part, here's your part, your part of the story. God, in his goodness, thought of each of you sitting in these chairs. He dreamed you up, just like he dreamed up trees and stars and volcanoes and daffodils. He dreamed up you. Even if your parents didn't, God created you. And you can never, 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 never not exist anymore because he already made you up on purpose. Okay, so next slide. Let's go back to our first character. 
So after a while, the first family messed up, and so down the road, Creator God sends Jesus to earth. Who is Jesus? Jesus is a part of God. Creator God calls him his own son. When Jesus is sent to earth, he turns out to be a Jewish baby. Jesus grows up in the Middle East, and he becomes a teacher. He becomes a miracle worker. He becomes a missionary. He becomes a speaker. And while he's following Creator God's instructions, um, and while he's there, he's following Creator God's instructions on why he's supposed to be on earth. So one day, a man approaches Jesus and addressed him by, good teacher. Can we put that quote up? Yeah. And then so Jesus responds to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Didn't know you were going to put that in your message. <laughs> no, it works out. Um, so, so we have this, and we're learning about Jesus, our character. We know he does a bunch of different things, yet he does not call him, he doesn't even call himself good. He says, God is good alone. So next, let's go back to you. Next slide. So, you grew up after you were a baby, and you got some things right, and you got some things wrong. You went to high school, maybe college, maybe master's, maybe more. You became a teacher, an entrepreneur, a, a mom. You became a coach, a musician, a businessman. And the whole time, you found yourself striving for a good life. You've been striving for good relationships, good food, good business plans, good health, good credit scores, good family life, good churches, good yoga practice, all those things. Other good things catch your attention as well. Here's some examples. Your boyfriend buys you an expensive necklace, and you think, that is so good of him. Or your best friend lets you use her Netflix account to finish the last episodes of Project Runway, and you think, yes, Life is good. <laughs> or, next slide, you see Curry Nail 3, and even if you're not pro-warrior, you're like, he's good. And so you determine these things are good. You determine these people are good. So now let's move on to our inciting incident. So usually in movies, for it to be a drama, you have to have a problem. You have to have... Um, a little bit of an issue that the character goes through. So, if we're back to our Jesus story, here's his inciting incident. He's all grown up now. That's a picture of Jerusalem. As a missionary, miracle worker, speaker, he has gained quite a list of followers. He also has quite a list of haters. The haters are looking for ways to kill him. In the midst of this, Jesus is still listening to Creator God's instructions and following his leading. Jesus wants a way out of his approaching death. He knows it's coming. But Creator God shows Jesus that it is his will. And soon enough, the haters come attack Jesus. They murder him and his followers, for the most part, just abandon ship. So let's go back to your story. Okay? So... Your boyfriend breaks up with you. You have a lot of loans you might pay off in 30 years. You have family members who won't talk to you right now, and all of a sudden that job didn't open up that was supposed to be your new start. But your Instagram looks great. 
and you try to make sense of these messy things in your life, and you're still striving for good, and you're still, tri- you're still trying to believe in a happy, good God. Okay, so let's go to our next slide. This part is called in movies, Dark Night of the Soul. And this is when the character has reached rock bottom. Doesn't seem like there's a way out. So for Jesus, here's his dark night of the soul. He's dead now. He's in a grave because that's where dead people go. His friends who really believed he was both human and God are super confused that he was murdered. He was supposed to be all powerful and powerful people don't get beat up. They don't get crucified. His friends were the ones who heard Jesus say from his own mouth, only God is good. Did Jesus just follow a good God to his death? So back to you. So just when you thought things couldn't get worse, you just got news that your best friend passed away in a car accident. And all your striving for good comes crumbling down. How can you believe a good God is watching your, over your life in his goodness? Your life is monotony. Your life is unbearably busy. Your life is out of order, and you're no longer comfortable with believing a good God. Sure, you are fine with believing in a God who you will one day be in heaven with, but to believe in his goodness, to believe he was always good, would contradict everything that's going on in your life right now. If he's good, why didn't he, why didn't he stop it all? Why didn't an all-powerful good God intervene? So we're going to go on to the last part. So the light at the end of the tunnel. Back to Jesus. Our last part of the Jesus story. Jesus actually comes alive from being in the grave. Creator God gives him life again. And the life is not one that just finishes. It goes on forever. This happens after three days of pure death. And when he walks out of the tomb, his friends find out. They're super excited and stunned that a man who they had seen beaten and murdered a couple days ago was now living and talking and eating with them. So Jesus tells them he's returning to heaven, but his good father is making plans for a sequel. In the sequel, Jesus plans to come back as a completely different character, not a man on a cross, not a Jewish baby, but a king who will take his rightful place in governing the whole earth and making all things new. So let's go back to you. How does this play out in your life? How does this parallel story actually come together? So you're sitting there in your sorrow and your pain and your confusion, sometimes even your complacency over your life, and you keep your God at a safe distance. But here's exactly the point in our story where our stories collide with the God story. Each of you are sitting at a very important time in history where we are in between sequels. You either let your life and the things that happen in your life define your view of the goodness of God, or you choose to live like the goodness of God is in being part of his bigger story, bigger than your problems, your pain, your town, your family, your emotions. At the end of the story, if we could go to the next slide. So... The end of the story was this. 
So we watched Jesus follow a good God to this. Most of us would not say this is good. Most of us would say that's bad, right? But if we stop our story there, we could justly say, that's a bad God. But the, the crux of the matter is, that's not the end of the story. And so many times, so many times in our lives, we think we're at the end of our story. And we say, God, you're a bad God. I'll trust you when I get to heaven or whatever, but God, you're bad. The stuff I'm going through in my life is hard, it's difficult, and I trusted you, and I was faithful to you. Where are you, God? And it's because we don't see the full picture. Just like Hercules was saying, we don't understand. we got to zoom out and know that our story is not over. This is just the beginning. This life is just the beginning for all of eternity. And what we do today counts. It counts for something. And I just want to encourage you guys. I think there's people here who have really struggled with seeing the goodness of God. They're okay with their God where he's at. They're okay with seeing him like, I'm going to get to heaven someday and it all makes sense. But right now I don't really want you that close, God, because I feel hurt with your leadership. I feel hurt with you not coming through for me. And that's lies, because it's not the end of your story. And so I, I actually, Katie, if you could come up, we're going to have just a time of instrumental and in prayer. And I just want to pray over you guys for those who are struggling with this issue of seeing the goodness of God in your life. Because it's so, it's so important. We can no longer... Be in this day in history where we're like okay with not exactly understanding God's character and we're okay with we'll leave him how we thought of him when we were younger and maybe he's there maybe he's not maybe he'll come through for me I want us to come to that place where we expect revelation from God where we expect to see the goodness of him and maybe a way that we didn't think that was his goodness. And so, if you guys would, um, I don't want anyone to stand, but if we could take the lights a little bit lower. And I just want to pray for us. If we could have the prayer team come up too. Um, I want to pray that God would reveal to each open heart what his goodness looks like in your life right now. And some of you are dealing with loss, you're dealing with pain, you're dealing with hurt. Some of you are dealing with confusion. You thought you were supposed to go this way in life and you thought you had it right and nothing seeming to work out. <clears throat> so we're just going to pray.
I'm going to pray over you guys. And then we're going to go into a song. And I just want to leave that time open for um, anyone who would like to come up for prayer. So if you would just um, bow your head with me. bigger picture that we can't stop where we're at right here God that you have a plan and you have a purpose and you and you are there with us in our pain God you cry with us you know every tear that's come from us God every open heart, God, that needs your perspective, God, because they cannot go on without your view of it, God. God, you meet your people here, and you hear our cry, you hear our heart, God.
take our last breath, we can, we can expect his goodness. There's things in our heart where we've chosen to give up because we don't understand how a faithful God would have let this happen to us. But we keep pressing toward the prize. We keep pressing toward the prize. And God enables God through us. He enables us to have the strength to keep pressing, to keep going toward the prize because we're just in the beginning. We're just in the beginning. Why don't we all stand and we're going to sing this chorus. Place, God.